Blessed Easter to everybody. Easter is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the tomb. And we celebrate the resurrection every single Sunday of the year. This resurrection of Jesus is without doubt the single most important event in all of history. So please take out the sermon notes that have been prepared for you tonight. I can say that the resurrection of Jesus is the most important event in history without fear of contradiction because in your notes the reference point for people's clocks and calendars is Jesus because Jesus rose from the grave. A.D., B.C., split history. When you say 2017, even people who do not believe in Jesus, they use every day of their life, Jesus, as the reference point for their clocks and schedules. It is all dated according to that event. So you see, Easter proved that Jesus was who he claimed to be, because if there had been no Easter, no resurrection, then there would be no forgiveness, no hope, no purpose in living. It is the most important event in history. Now it's interesting and ironic though that when Jesus was crucified and died on the cross his followers fell apart. His disciples just scattered to the winds. They were devastated. It wasn't supposed to happen that way. See in their mind Jesus was going to set up a literal kingdom on earth. Theocracy. To defeat that Roman Empire. And all of a sudden, Jesus is being killed between two thieves on a cross. And they're all going, did we miss something? When Jesus was arrested, all of his followers, they were called disciples, ran away. They fled like cowards. Some of them even denied that they knew him. They were bewildered. They were discouraged. They were defeated. They were disillusioned. They demoralized. They were depressed. So in your notes, after Jesus was crucified, the disciples were running on empty. They had nothing left. They were running on empty. Look at John 20, verses 19 to 23. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together, when the doors locked for fear of the Jews... Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands, his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they now saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What's happened there in the upper room behind locked doors forever changes these followers of Jesus. That transformation is unbelievable. Those who were cowards were now full of courage. Those who were once empty are now empowered. Those who once were defeated and discouraged and demoralized are now daring. How did Jesus refill the empty tanks when they were running on empty? Let me take a real quick survey tonight. 
How many of you, when you're driving, never let your gas tank get below half empty? Never below half empty. Raise your hand. A few. God bless you compulsive people. Just kidding. How many of you like to see how far you can go after the indicator light goes on? Your gas tank is empty. Because you're thinking the E means enough to keep going. You're not very bright. Tonight I want us to look at how Jesus refills your tank. How Jesus revitalizes you. How Jesus re-energizes you when you are running on empty. I don't know what kind of week that you've had today. I don't know what kind of month you're having. I really don't know what kind of year that you're having. But if you have ever felt like you're running on empty, that you're just out of gas, you don't know where you can go at the end of the rope, ready to throw in the towel. If you are at your wit's end, you're going to resign from the human race. You're feeling frustrated, fatigued, fearful, just weary, sick and tired, and even sick and tired of being sick and tired. You've picked a good Sunday or Saturday to come to worship. There's good news for you. We're going to look at four things that Jesus did to revitalize his disciples and things Jesus wants to do for you whenever you're running on empty. So number one, the first thing that Jesus does when he wants to refill your tank, when you're running on empty, in your notes, Jesus meets you where you are. Jesus meets you where you are. Look at John 20, verse 19. It was late Sunday evening. The disciples were gathered together behind locked doors because they were afraid of the authorities. Then Jesus came and stood among them. See, the disciples were scared to death. They were afraid. They're hiding in a room with doors locked. When you're running on empty, Jesus doesn't wait for you to come to him. And you know, Jesus, he takes the initiative. The point is that Jesus went to them. It was late. It was late in the evening. Have you ever been so tired, so upset, that you could not get to sleep? That's what was happening to these disciples. They'd been on a roller coaster week. They were gone through arrest, the trial, the crucifixion, the death and the burial of their leader. These guys are emotionally spent. They are drained. They can't sleep. Then it says they are hiding. Why? Well, Vince Lombardi said in your notes, fatigue makes cowards. Fatigue makes cowards of all of us. These guys are probably now second-guessing each other. Were we all wrong? Was Jesus not even who he claimed to be? What are we going to do now? They are probably going to get us now. So they gather behind locked doors. Now, it's important to remember, though, in your notes, locked doors, yes, they lock people out. They lock people out, but also they lock people in. They lock us in. Locks keep us locked inside. So I wonder, who have you locked out of your life? Some of you have locked God out of your life. When you put locks on your life, 
You have only locked people out. But you have locked yourself in. Fears create self-imposed prisons. Jesus suddenly shows up, though. They did not at first recognize him. They thought they were not, well, they're not expecting him either. That's very common, though. It happens in your life all the time. God shows up in your life all the time, and you don't even know it. He does. He shows up in the circumstances in your life, in the different situations, and you don't even recognize him. Why? Because you're not looking for him. Jesus, in fact, is closer than you realize. Because Jesus is here. Jesus is near. So number two, the second thing that Jesus did to revitalize his disciples. He not only meets you where you are, but when you are running on empty in your notes, Jesus gives you encouragement. Yes, Jesus wants to give you encouragement. Look at John 20, verse 19. Then Jesus said, peace be with you. Jesus is saying, calm down, you guys. Chill out. Take a deep breath. Relax. It's going to be okay. I have this all under control. The very first thing Jesus says to his followers, who were defeated, they were demoralized, depressed, discouraged, they're running on empty. He says, peace be with you. It's okay. But now why? Why did Jesus do that? Because Jesus understood their confusion. Get this even if you get nothing else tonight. Nobody understands how you feel as much as Jesus. In your notes, when you're running on empty, Jesus, he understands. God understands how you feel more than you understand how you feel. Jesus knew how confused these followers were. So in your notes, the hallmark, the hallmark of running on empty is confusion. Because God understands there is nothing that you can't talk to God about then. There's nothing too insignificant. There's nothing too frivolous. Look at Philippians 4 where Paul says, Do not worry about anything, but pray. Ask God for everything you need. Always giving thanks. And God's peace, which is so great, we cannot understand it, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So you have two alternatives in your life. Number one in your notes, you can worry about it. Yeah, you can worry about it, or you can worship. And if you don't worship, you're going to worry. And number two in your notes, you can panic. You can panic or you can pray. And if you don't pray, then you have every reason to panic. So Jesus gives us the opportunity. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. There are so many times when I would get stressed out. When there is conflict, crisis, pressures, deadlines, but God helps. And God says he wants to help you. So when you are running on empty, the first thing Jesus does, he comes, he meets you where you are. The second thing he does, he encourages you. Number three on the back of your notes. The third thing Jesus did to revitalize his disciples and that he wants to do for you. When you're running on empty, is Jesus shows you his love. Jesus shows you his love. This is what Jesus did with his followers that very first Easter. Looking at John 20, verse 20, 
As he spoke, he held out his hands for them to see. He had them look at the nail prints in his hands where he was crucified. And he showed them his side. He had them look at the spear wound by the centurion when he was hanging on the cross. And they were filled with joy when they seen their Lord. What is Jesus doing? Two things in your notes. Jesus is doing, number one, he's validating his own identity. Jesus is saying, it's me. See the nail prints? You're not looking at a ghost. You're not looking at having a vision. You're not just dreaming. Please touch me. It's really me. Jesus is identifying himself. And number two, Jesus is showing them how much he loves them. Jesus is saying to them, look, I love you this much. You know that Jesus died, right? But did you know that Jesus died for you? He died on the cross for your sins so that you can go to heaven. The greatest act of love ever done in your behalf was not done by your parents or by your spouse or by a boyfriend or girlfriend. The greatest act of love ever done for you is when Jesus died for you on the cross. When Jesus stretched out his hands on that cross, he is saying, I love you that much. This is how much I love you. In fact, in your notes, write this down. Jesus would rather die for you than to live without you. He'd rather die for you than live without you. Look at what Paul says in Romans 5, verse 8. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So when you are running on empty, the first thing Jesus does, he comes to you and meets you where you are. The second thing he does, he comes and he encourages you. The third thing Jesus wants to do for you, when you're running on empty, is to show you his love. And number four, the fourth thing Jesus did for his disciples and that he wants to do for you, Jesus offers you forgiveness. Jesus offers you his forgiveness. Look at John 20, verse 23. If you forgive someone's sins, they're gone for good. If you don't forgive your sins, then what are you going to do with them? That's a paraphrase. This is so important because forgiveness is a huge re-energizer. There are two things that can cause you to run on empty, run out of energy, drains you emotionally or physically or even spiritually. In your notes, two things. Number one is guilt. Now, you can not be guilty and be happy at the same time. And number two is resentment. Guilt and resentment. You cannot be resentful and be happy at the same time. Because we live in a very imperfect world. Because we live on a broken planet where there is things called sin. That means that I don't always do the right thing, and neither do you. So in your notes, when I hurt you, then I feel guilt. But when you hurt me, then I feel resentment. Those two things, guilt over things that I've done wrong in the world, resentment over things that others have done to me. Those are two things literally drains your life in your notes. But you can let go of them both. You can let go of both only one way. Write this down. It's forgiveness. 
Jesus was announcing his forgiveness to his followers. That's why he died for them on the cross. He died for all the wrong things that had ever been done wrong. So how now Jesus expects them, the disciples, to do the same for other people. He had to pass it on. Cut them a little bit of slack. Show them some grace. And the only way that you can do that is when Jesus is your Savior. And you have received his forgiveness. And that empowers you to be forgiving to others. So in conclusion, when you're running on empty, Jesus wants to give you a new reason then to live. Look at John 20, verse 21. Please read that verse with me together out loud. Then Jesus said again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I now send you. See, one of the reasons you're running on empty is because you don't know the purpose of your life. You were made from far more than just getting money. God's plan for your life is bigger than you will ever think of on your own or for yourself. It would be a world-changing plan. A little group of 11 disciples. They went out and soon the message of Jesus overtook the known world of that day. So in your notes, the results of three years was a takeover of the Roman Empire. And the number today claiming to follow Jesus, in your notes, 2.3 billion people. So what are you living for? Now that's not what, I didn't say what you're living on. What are you living for? Many family members, many neighbors, they have lots to live on, but not always something to live for. They need a purpose. They need a goal. So what does God want you to do, your purpose? Look at Paul's words in Philippians chapter 2.15. Go out into the world, uncorrupted, like a breath of fresh air in a squaldered and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night. You must shine among them, like stars lighting up the sky. Four things Jesus wants you to do. Jesus meets you where you are. He gives you encouragement. He shows you his love. He offers you forgiveness. And in conclusion, Jesus wants to give you a new reason to live for. Amen.